welcome to everyone tonight. If we have any guests with us this evening, we welcome you. We're glad to have you in service with us this evening. If you're watching us online, we welcome you wherever you may be joining us from. We had uh, just a quick testimony. We had, um, because of the size of our young adult group now, we're not really able to host everyone that wants to come at our house. So we did a Christmas fellowship and broke it up into two nights. We did uh, Friday night and last night. So if I don't hang around and fellowship much after service, my fellowship tank is empty. I'm just kidding. It was a great time. Um, But anyway, uh, on Friday night, there were, and now they weren't all first time in the sense of never participated in anything at Antioch. And some of them have been to a young adult group. Oikos group, others have been to campus ministry, so understand that part, but as far as being at our house for some kind of fellowship, there were 12 young adults, non-church members that were at that fellowship on Friday night. That is just really amazing, exciting, and uh, last night, a young man that was in service Last Sunday night, last Sunday night was his, he's not here, is he? I don't see him. He's watching online. Hey. Last Sunday night was his, basically his first time ever in church. Been to a couple funerals, but, and of course we had a little bit of a different service than sort of the norm. Um, and he was there and he, he came last night and uh, it was it was so encouraging at the end before he left just was talking about the sense of community and closeness that you can feel, and um, that, is, uh, that is so encouraging. That's been a burden and a goal of, of my wife and I as the leaders of this congregation, and I know others of you desire the same thing, but when you hear that, uh, it's just it's so rewarding and encouraging. So I've said it many times over the last several months, there's a lot of things going on a lot of awesome things God is doing. If you judge simply by what you see here in whatever service, you're you're missing out on all that God's doing. So I just I just wanted to share that with you. You can you can be seated. I will um I will uh I, I want to make a little bit of some I guess foundational introductory remarks before I sort of get into the meat, and I felt led. I didn't do this to make my job easier, but I felt led to share tonight, minister tonight, what I had last Sunday night, but the Lord took us in a different direction. But I, I, I want to preface by saying this. I, I have, for as long as I can remember now, one of my primary goals, desires in my ministry is to be real and to be practical, and to be transparent. Um, I don't think there's a lot of value to people preaching and teaching us that come across as having it all together, because then that doesn't give us, as the hearer, a whole lot of hope. And and so I, I'm, a, I'm a human being just like the rest of you. I, I'm, my flesh is no different than your flesh. 
And, and I say all that because, to be honest, I've wrestled a little bit with this message because I, I, I know myself. And uh, I, 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 know, I know all of you here tonight are just spiritually minded people that have it all together. And, and you just, you are locked in. But I'm just going to be real honest with you. I'm, I don't think it's going to happen, but I still have flesh that wishes for the old norm. Yeah, see, all y'all, y'all, y'all been listening to Bishop, so you're just trying to act all sanctified and Holy Ghost filled. I didn't say it was going to happen. I'm just telling you my flesh. My spirit's a different thing and all of that. And, and be, but, then there's some other things about that that I just, I want to make sure. I, I think there is a danger. And I realize not all of you necessarily stand behind a pulpit to preach, but in any setting of ministry, there's a danger to use the Word of God to say what you want it to say or what you hope it says <laughs> or what you hope it would say. What you, so I, 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 I'm concerned about that with myself. I don't ever want to preach something just because I want, that's the way I want it to be. The, the, prob, the flip side of that is I don't have a right to not preach something if it comes from God because of, that then really becomes pride, really. And, and so there's a part of me that's a little bit concerned this evening because I don't want to just preach something to make me feel better nor to just make you feel better. But I, I believe it's something the Lord has put on my heart. It's actually been a couple of weeks now, just kind of in the back of my mind, and last week was the first that I felt like ministering along these lines. And so, uh, that being said, next kind of part of the foundation, I am, I am getting very weary of... of of all of our hypothetical thinking. I, I don't know, and I, 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 Lord willing, I'm going to get with it in a few minutes, so I'm just going to talk to you for a few moments. I, I, it's not that we haven't thought in the past about the future, but I feel like ever since last year, we have been more consumed with thinking when the truth of the matter it's worrying about the future and what all's going to happen what's going to happen in this country what's going to happen to the church what's the church going to be able to do what's the church not going to be able to do and we have gotten so wrapped up in that and i know that that jude says not Jude Middleton. Jude, where's Jude? Where you at, Jude? There he is. In the book of Jude, it says some people are saved by love and others are saved by fear. Pulling them out of the fire. But that's, that's hellfire. I mean, that's a guarantee. Hell's coming for the unsaved. But, but everything that's going to happen in the future, everything that's going to happen in this country and all of that stuff... The only thing I ever feel come out of that when we get into those conversations is fear and worry. 
Jesus said, and again, this is just the foundation. It's actually, I, I feel like I have a very positive message, so y'all stay with me. But Jesus said, Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 34, He says this, Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And that's another one of those King James verses that's like, yeah, okay, great, but what does that mean? So the Amplified says it this way. Verse 33, seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness. His way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given will be given you besides. And then verse 34. Do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. Meaning, you got enough stuff to deal with today... Quit worrying about tomorrow. Because when you're worrying about today and tomorrow, you're increasing the load of what you're worrying about. Why worry about what's coming tomorrow when tomorrow's going to have all a new set of problems he's trying to get you through today? And then, of course, the messy Bible says, give your attention to what God is doing right now. And... Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. There's going to be trouble tomorrow. There's going to be trouble in the future. But there's no value to sit you sitting around, you and I sitting around, trying to figure out all the trouble that's coming and what are we going to do about the trouble. The Bible says this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And usually, He does not tell you a thousand steps in advance. You find out, where do I step right now? When it's time to take the next step, He tells me when to take the next step and where to take the next step. And if I can just take each step as ordered by the Lord, when I get to all that junk tomorrow, He's going to get me through all of that stuff. I've never seen the church battle so much fear as we've battled last year and since last year. COVID just opened the door for it and we've kindled the fire. We're keeping it going and I'm telling you, my own personal desire is to stop it in my life. 
And I think it's time for us as the church to stop it collectively. Quit sitting around and feeding the fires of worry and fear about what tomorrow holds. Is there going to be trouble tomorrow? There's going to be trouble tomorrow. But there's trouble today. But the God who knew the trouble today and has the way for me to get through the trouble today is the God that's got the answer for tomorrow. I don't, I, God bless you that are, have retired, that are looking f- towards retiring. God bless you. First and foremost, I don't, I, 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 I take after my dad in this area. He's never proposed, pr- forced this or pushed this on me or anybody else for that matter, but I don't ever plan to retire. Doesn't mean I'm always going to do exactly what I'm doing. I don't mean I'll always be the main guy in this. I don't mean that, but I, I, I'm not, I don't have a retirement plan. I'm not looking for a vacation home someplace. And, and whether it's from secular work or those of you, there's, if that's what God has laid out for you, and that, that's fine. Hear me, please. I, but I'm saying all that to say this is not, the, the second part is a result of the first part. Please hear me. If you don't hear me well, then you're going to think the first part is because of the second. But the chicken came first in this situation, not the egg. Made up my mind a long time ago. In fact, when you become a licensed minister and draw income from the church, you have the option of opting out of paying Social Security. In the immediate sense, that sounds like a great thing because that means you're getting a little bit more money. The flip side of that means you ain't storing up for retirement. I didn't opt out just so I could get a little bit more money each month rather than giving it to the government. I opted out because I got no retirement plan in mind. I don't intend to retire. So the second part that's the result of the first part is if I decided I wanted to retire, I can't anyway. I don't have a 401k. I don't have money and savings to live off of. Some of you have all that, and not that in and of itself is wrong, unless the motive is you're trying to control your future. Why worry about tomorrow? When tomorrow's going to worry about itself. When it's going to have its own issues and problems. I guess the other thing for me is I don't expect this to be around here a whole lot longer. So why am I going to leave what little bit of money I can get with a government that they don't... I know this is... I know Dave Ramsey would probably be having a heart attack here this evening. I'm not talking about being unwise stewards. That don't, I'm not... The flip side is, neither is it right for you and I to try to control tomorrow. I had somebody sit in my office several years ago. About ready to, they they were seriously contemplating packing up their family, moving. There was some place in South America 
that due to the wind currents and everything else was the place that was like the least likely to be in, to be uh, impacted by nuclear stuff. Hope you enjoy it. I'm not going to live in fear of all of that. I mean, if you're going to live in fear of all that, you really need to just go get somebody to kill you. Just get out of your misery. Instead of a suicide note, write a murder note that you granted them permission so they don't have to serve time for doing pulling the trigger on you. Because the problem is, if you're trusting in what you can do, if you're trusting in what you're reading in the papers, I just have, I know this is a hot button topic and I ought to stay away from it, but I just saw a headline today. Dr. Fauci is basically saying you might as well expect boosters to become a part of life, basically. So first, now here we go. I know I'm, oh boy, I shouldn't go. First, you're told you need two shots and then the two, now you're going to need another one. Now they're, I'm not saying don't, I, no, that's not my, my point is, if you're going to get caught up in all that stuff, worrying about today and tomorrow, you're going to live a miserable life. Why don't we agree tonight? And I believe there's plenty of basis in this book. But why don't we agree tonight that we're going to quit living our lives in the fear and worry about what may or may not come. I Again, I'm not saying there's not going to be problems and troubles in the future. We went, my, my, my wife told me several weeks ago she wanted to see the uh, Esther play in uh, at Sight and Sound in Pennsylvania before it ended. And uh, so we, she and I went up um, a week or two ago. Time just flies. Went up and saw the Esther play at Sight and Sound, and it was really, if you've never been to Sight and Sound, you ought to save up a little bit of money and go sometime. They really do an amazing job. It's a, an amazing experience. But I was sitting there, and as I was watching the story of Esther, and they're, they're basically, you know, in the, in the context of Esther as the queen, as the, the one being brought to the palace with the other virgins, but being brought to the palace as the potential queen and, and, and dealing with all of those things, I, I, I just began to think for Esther to be where she was at that point in time, God started some things a long time ago. Years and decades and perhaps even beyond that, when, 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 when they get word that the king has agreed to a decree to kill all the Jews, God didn't all of a sudden go, wait a minute, what's going on down there? I better figure out something to do. No, long before that, he began putting a plan in place. So at the moment, His people would need somebody to intervene and help bring deliverance. That person would be in place. You just need to get confident in the fact that when trouble shows up today, God knew yesterday... Last year or before I was ever born, God knew trouble was coming and before it ever came, He already had a plan. 
I'm a little bit nervous to preach after those last two songs and kind of the hum-ho response. We, we need some faith to get, we need to get rid of some fear and get a hold of some faith. So here we go, that, that, was, that was the foundation. Psalm 121, I should have given you all my scriptures, I got a bunch of them to read, but thankfully a bunch of them are in the same, I mean there's a bunch of them in each spot, so you don't have to jump around every verse. Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Now, i got to tell you, all my life I've heard that verse from the King James, and, and, the, and it, the implication to me is I'm looking up to the hills where my help is. When you, when you read the other translations, that's actually, that last part is not a declaration, it's a question. I will lift up my eyes to the hills... From whence cometh my, where does my help come from? I'm looking to the hills, but where does my help come from? And the reason I think that's accurate is because the next verse gives the answer. My help comes from the Lord. My help doesn't come from D.C. My help doesn't come from a political party. My help doesn't come from an institution or an organization. My help comes from the Lord. And He's not just any Lord. He's the Lord that made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. I like, forgive me for you folks that may have a problem with this, but I like to watch movies. I really do. I enjoy watching a good movie. I just have this, I have this condition. I can't stay awake. It has nothing to do with it being boring. I might be, I might really like it, but there's just something that comes over me. And it doesn't have to be like late at night. I mean, evening time is good enough. Not uncommon to get done, and my wife said, "Well, you'll have to watch that again later." I, I slumber, I sleep. Somebody needs to be confident tonight. You've got a God that never sleeps. He never takes a nap. He never dozes off. He's got his eye on you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. He's got his eye on you. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. Go back to that previous verse. It says, the Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade on thy right hand. What about the left hand? I wonder if the answer to the left hand is found in the New Testament when Paul tells us about the weapons of our warfare, the armor of... Because there Paul talks about a shield... But the shield Paul was talking, I got to, those of you that have been in my office, if you've never been in my office, you're welcome to come, especially when there's not a problem or an issue. Just come see it. (laughs) 
there's a there's a shield brother the Hemuses gave me several years ago when I administered at one of their functions, district functions, and it's about probably about that wide, about that tall. And I and that's sort of what I think of when I think of a shield. But if you study out the the the, the armor that Paul was talking about, that that shield that Paul was talking about is is actually somewhere probably close to the size of the front of this speaker. Not just this little thing you carry around. It's something you can kneel behind and pretty much hide your whole self. So I wonder if the reason he says there's something on the right hand is because you also got something on the left hand. So if I've got the shield of faith on this hand, I've also got him covering me on the right hand. That means I am covered. Oh, hallelujah. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He, I might preach until everybody responds. How about that? Might be here till Christmas, but the Lord is thy keeper. He's the shade on the right hand. You got a shield on the left. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. So I'm going to look to where my help comes from. And my help... My help, all of my help cometh from. I've been trying not to sing anymore because I get too much flack for singing, but I don't every now and then. I got Josh, you know, then I got the rafters telling me I'm selfish if I sing. Proverbs 3.19, the Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes, keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then thou shalt walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. I know nobody has that issue here tonight, so we don't need to talk about that. Yea, thou shalt lie down and thy sleep shall be sweet. Not going to lay there worried about what's the next, um, what's it called? The next COVID thing that comes, what is it? I'm not worried about what the next variant's going to be. Not worried about what the ec- next economic prognosis is going to be. Not worried about this and that, but I'm going to lay down and I'm going to sleep and it's going to be some sweet sleep because the Lord is my keeper. 
Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. When it cometh, and it will come. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Psalm 91, I know many of you know this one fairly well, but I think we all really need to know it real well. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by noon by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge even the most high thy habitation there shall no evil befall thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways some trust in chariots some trust in horses but we will remember the name of the Lord because the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are saved bunch of you all are at different places than in here on Sunday mornings Kids ministry going on downstairs. Others of you at other ministries on Sunday morning. And this morning the worship team was singing about the name. And I'm telling you what, boy, there was something that moved in this place this morning when we got to singing about the name. And and and, and I got up and, and, and I shared something. And I, I saw this last night on Facebook. I was scrolling through for a few moments. And, and, and I found, I come across a video. And it was of one of the houses that was destroyed by the tornado. Most of you probably heard most a bunch about it, but if you have, there's unless they've changed it as of last night, the last time I really read about it, they're they're thinking one single tornado, the same tornado covered 230 miles. I read where the debris from the tornado. They, 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 they measured debris from the tornado at 35,000 feet. And there was, I think they were brothers. It was brothers or brothers-in-law, one or the other. But uh, the, the owner of the house, uh, or the, the brother that was, the brother of the owner was off in a bedroom or something. And he starts, the video is of him starting to walk down a hall and you can see debris all over the place. But as he rounds the corner and you can see there's the roof is completely torn off the house. And then, and, and there's some, the kitchen is actually still in decent shape. The island in the kitchen's there. But over in the corner is a big old baby grand piano and the, and the brother that's the owner of the house is sitting there at the piano and he's playing Jesus. 
Jesus. There's just something about that name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Let let me pause before I continue on with kind of more of the same. And I, I, I perhaps some of you may ask the question, or you've asked it, and I've I wondered it myself. Just read to you Psalm: A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand. It's not going to come nigh you. There, there's going to be pestilence, plagues, and and I know there was. I I didn't say. I never said it. For the record, I never said it. But there were there were pastors who who proclaimed at the beginning of the of last year when COVID all broke, we will not get COVID. Christians won't. Now, if God says that, so be it. But if we're saying that in the flesh, we got problems. Because God doesn't back us up. He backs Himself up. So what about about those of us that did get it? Is Is that verse not true? Well, I don't think that's the case. The problem is we've just got some perspectives that need to be adjusted. Because even those of us that claim to really do our best to trust and believe in God, we have a tendency to interpret circumstances from our perspective. And with what fits what we want. So listen to what Isaiah says in Isaiah 57 verse 1. The King James says it this way. The righteous perisheth, and no man lay it to heart, and merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his upright. Now we have, we've lost precious saints of God through the years. This year, we're, we're almost, we're still within a year of losing our good, dear brother, brother Sean Whaley. We, we're still not too far removed from sister, sister Day and brother Bill Eckerd. And, and, and we look at them. And of course, sister Day wasn't a spring chicken, but you know, when you're, now that I'm 50, 70 is really young. <laughs> Bottom line is, whenever anybody goes, it's too quick. You'd be 100 years old and they die, it's too soon. We still want them to now. I mean, when you love them, it's too soon. But listen to the Living Bible. It says it this way. The good men perish. The godly die before their time. Before their time because of something out of control. No, before their time from our perspective. They don't die before their time because it's appointed unto man once to die. And God sets that time of death. And how it's going to happen. Godly, the godly die before their time and no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to realize that God is taking them away from evil days ahead. For the godly who die shall rest in peace. The New Living Translation says good people pass away. 
The godly often die before their time, but no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. For those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. If we truly believe the scripture, it's not Brother Whaley and Sister Day and Brother Eckerd that we ought to be feeling sorry for. We ought to be feeling sorry for ourselves because God chose for whatever reasons with them, I'm going to take you out of the mess that's to come. I'm going to let you go ahead and rest in peace. Here we are upset because God took them, not realizing we ought to be upset because God left us. So you know what? When some things that The psalmist said in 91, don't happen exactly that way. And it does touch me. It's not because God failed. It's because God decided for you, I've got a better way. You know what? It's amazing some of the stuff. If I were to preach it tonight, you'd believe it with everything in you. But this topic, death is one of the topics that we do the poorest with. Believe in truly what the Bible says. I said we, I didn't say you. If you, death is the end. Death is not the end. If this really is true, and if it's not, we're in big trouble. If this really is true, it's not the end. It's really the beginning. So it's not God failed. It's not punishment. If the righteous die sooner than we think or we want them to die, it's because God's just saying, I'm going to go ahead and move you on to your place of peace. So I'm not here tonight. These verses trying to tell you there's never going to be things that don't go the way or that go contrary to how we want. I'm not, that's not. But the bottom line is this, we've got to learn to live with confidence and faith that if it does touch me, if it does get to me, it had to go through Him. What's going on, Satan? Where you been? Oh, I've been going to and fro throughout the earth. Oh, well. Hey, have you thought about Job? Ah, uh, well, Job serves you just because of what you do for him. Really? I don't think so. Well, yeah, but the problem is this, God, you have a hedge. You got a hedge around. I can't get to him. That's spoken of a man who wasn't born again and baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. I can't touch him because you've got a hedge around him. Okay. i tell you what I'll do. I'll take down one of the hedges. Because according to what I see from the principle here with Job, God's got three hedges around us. The first hedge is all around the stuff. So he says, i tell you what, you can take his stuff. But you can't touch his body and you can't take his life. Takes all of his stuff. What does Job do? 
The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What's wrong, Satan? Well, you, you, you just let me do more. He'll curse you. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll do one more. You can touch his body, but you can't kill him. And he did that. And Job still trusted God. If God did that for Job, will God do that any less for you? So if it gets to you, it had to go through him. And if it goes through him, we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I preached a couple of Sunday mornings ago. If there's something we think is good and God is not giving it to us, he's withholding us, holding it from us, withholding it from us, then actually it must not be good because he does not withhold any good thing from us. So if I've got sickness in my body and I know God can heal, I believe God is a healer, but he is withholding the healing from me, then that means as much as I think the healing is a good thing, God has determined it's not. Uh, hallelujah. That's probably not the time of the year for all that. So, let's get back to the good stuff. I want you to see some of these promises that God made to Israel, which was representative of the church. And this is, I'm going to say this kind of connected what I said in the beginning. I have no desire to take something out of context or misuse something. But to the best of my ability, I will not do that this evening. Let me, let me just touch one other thing here. We, we sing and based on the three Hebrew children. When I walk through the fire, I will not feel the flame. That's not always the case. Ask some martyrs that who lost their lives. What I'm saying when I sing that song, what I'm saying is I believe if God decides to take me through the fire and me not feel the flame, He has the ability to do that. But I've also made up my mind, if God takes me through the fire and I come through with third degree burns, though He slay me, Yet will I trust Him. But I'm not going to sit around afraid of the fire because I might get burned when I know about a God that has the ability not to take me around the fire, not to just put the fire out, but I'm going to take you right through the fire. And if I choose, I'll bring you through the fire and it won't even hurt you. So listen to some of this. Isaiah 32 and 16. This, this, this verse popped up and really just in all honesty, which is the case many times, the things I preach start in a variety of ways, a thought or something I see, something somebody says. And a couple of weeks ago now, this was verse number 18, I think, that I'm about to read popped up on the U version verse of the day. Listen to what it says, Isaiah 32, 16. Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness, 
and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. Listen to this. The work of righteousness shall be peace. If you're battling fear and worry and torment, you need to get righteousness working. Because if righteousness is working, the result of right, the effect of righteousness or the work of righteousness is going to be peace. Not your righteousness, not self-righteousness, but His righteousness. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Quietness and assurance. One of those old ones we used to sing every now and then was, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I've got a feeling. Everything. What are you feeling right now? What are your feelings right now? Are your feelings, what's the next bad news we're going to get? What's the, what's the, ne- what's the next nev- negative report I'm going to hear? Or do you have quietness and assurance forever? And then here it is. Listen to this verse. And my people, not everybody, not everybody, my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. The context, if I understand it, of this chapter is there's some turmoil. There's some issues that are going on in the world. But with regards to His people, all of that may be going on, but my people, Some of y'all need to get some spiritual noise-canceling headphones. Because you got all kind of noise that's got you distracted. And you need to let God give you some quietness of spirit. Let you dwell in a quiet resting place. You ever tried to sleep in a noisy place? We went... Years ago, I think it may have been the the trip that I got the uh, the shield from. But all six of us went to uh, England. I preached a district conference, and then we went and spent a couple of days in London. And 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 we got this really cool. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was a hotel or it's kind of more. But this was pre Airbnb, at least Airbnb as I know. But it was kind of a, like an Airbnb, it was sort of an apartment, and all the pictures were great. We walked in, and thankfully, if you've ever done Airbnb, don't always trust the pictures. <laughs> thankfully, we walked in. The, the pictures were pretty accurate. Was, the, the apartment itself was a pretty cool place. The only problem wasn't really clear was right outside the window was like a thousand train tracks to the station. <laughs> Nobody told us that. Obviously, you live there long enough, it just becomes... Background noise, white, but if you're only there for a couple nights, best you can do is try to start snoring to the rhythm of the train. <laughs> a quiet resting place. A quiet. That's what's available to you and I. Is in the midst of all the chaos and all the noise, there is a quiet resting place. 
Oh, hallelujah, this is really fun. This is going really good. <laughs> Isaiah 33 and 20. Look upon Zion, the city of our solemnities. Zion is representative of the church. Representative of the church. Thine eyes shall, shall see Jerusalem a quiet habitation, a tabernacle that shall not be taken down. It shall not be taken down. Restrict how many people can gather in a building. Put parameters that make it hard for the church to do what the church is called to do. But at the end of the day, it will not be taken down. Not one of the stakes thereof shall ever be removed. Neither shall any of the cords thereof be broken. But there the glorious Lord will be unto us a place of broad rivers and streams wherein shall go no galley with oars nor neither shall gallant ship pass thereby. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our King, He will save us. I don't know what all tomorrow is going to hold. I, I don't know what everything the government may try to do with the church. But here's what I do know is that there shall not be one state taken down. There shall not be one part. I'm not talking about the church building a building. I'm talking about the church. There is absolutely nothing. In fact, the church has had its best days in the midst of adversity, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of obstacles. That's where the church has thrived the most. Tabernacle that shall not be taken down. Shall not. Not that it might not, it shall not. Isaiah 35 and 3, Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Be strong, fear not. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. You better stop analyzing where you are and waiting for everything to be in perfect condition before you think God's going to show up. God likes to get you in the middle of the wilderness. God likes to get you in some adverse situations. And that is the place where God chooses to do some of his best work and the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes a highway shall be there and a way and it shall be called the way of holiness the unclean shall not pass over it but it shall be for those the wayfaring men though fools shall not err therein no lion shall be there nor any ravenous beast shall go up Thereon it shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. 
I believe we are, we are reaching, if we're not already there, I believe we're reaching a point in time where God is going to begin to make the clear distinction between the world and His people. I believe that day's coming. I believe that day's coming. I believe that day's coming. I believe there is coming a day where there's going to be a pandemic that breaks out and the testimony is going to be that every child of God isn't touched by it. I believe that day's coming. Because there comes a point in time where God decides, you know what, let me just go ahead and show you what I can do and let me show you who my people are and let me show you there is a difference. Our problem is we've been through so much we have trouble believing that day will come. That's what happened with the children of Israel. Isaiah 26 and 20 says this, Come my people, enter thou into thy chambers. Listen to this. Man, if we would have done this better last year. Come my people, enter in your chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. When all of this stuff is going on around us, and the stuff we went through really last year more than COVID, the other stuff. Come on my people, come in your chambers. Shut the doors about you. Turn off Facebook. Turn off Instagram. Quit reposting all kinds of fearful stuff. All right, I will, but I gotta gotta uh, gotta grease the vocal cords first. I, I know it's not it's it doesn't feel like thank God it doesn't feel like quite the same whatever's as it was. I'm I'm gonna say it again. I don't but. The, mar- the 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 vaccine is not the mark of the beast. First of all, it's not the mark of the beast. Not the mark of the beast. So those that here tonight that have been vaccinated did not take the mark. Not the mark of the beast. I do believe. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I do believe what we're seeing is showing us how quickly you can get the world on board with something. So this is not the mark, and those there's there's precious. Brothers and sisters in this place tonight that I know of, and some I probably don't know of, you've been vaccinated. I don't have any. They didn't take the mark. <laughs> so if you, if you got it, fine. That's what you felt to do as long as you did it by faith and not out of fear. Because that which is done out of fear is sin. So if you've got faith and you felt God directed you, so be it. And then the other side of it, if you choose not, you haven't gotten vaxxed yet. We got all kinds of new vaxxed. You've been vaxxed? (laughs) 
if you haven't gotten vaxxed, then, then you don't, it's not your job to try to keep those that have been as far as your brothers and sisters in fear and torment. There's enough mess out there that's feeding all kind of fear and doubt and worry for you to be having to sift through a brother or sister's feed. Oh, Lord, man. You know something? Bishop didn't have to worry about this kind of stuff back in the 70s. Man. Some of you need to get in your chamber. Shut everything else out. Because if you'll get in there, you can hide yourself for a moment while all of the indignation passes over. I'm not here tonight preaching trouble's not coming. I'm not here tonight saying there's not going to be more problems in the future. But what I am saying is we need to get a hold of the fact that just because it's going on in the world around me doesn't mean it's got to mess up my world. And even if it touches my world, my body, it doesn't have to mess with my mind. There is a place that I can be hid in and know that He's got me covered until it passes over. Hallelujah. Isaiah 4, verse 5. And the Lord, and the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion. You got to, you got to, hopefully. Don't worry, I decided 20 minutes ago I ain't preaching until all of you respond. I'm too, I'm too hungry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I ain't got enough faith for that tonight. <laughs> but maybe, maybe I'll get a couple more of you. Maybe we can get a quorum. <laughs> maybe I can get a quorum of response here this evening. <laughs> and the Lord will create... Here, I, again, this, I, when you hear the King James, it's great and good, but, but, but you got to hear what I think it's really saying. The Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. That's not something new. That's something that's already been done. For upon all the glory shall be a defense and there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and for a covert from the storm and from rain. Message Bible says this, Then God will bring back the ancient pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night and mark Mount Zion and everyone in it. And everyone in it with His glorious presence. His immense protective presence. Shade from the burning sun and shelter from the driving rain. Listen to what Adam Clark says about some of these things. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. Whatever God creates, He must uphold or it will fail. Every degree of grace brings with it a degree of power to maintain itself in the soul. Every degree of grace has got some power to go with it. 
every degree of grace has got some power to go with it because whatever God creates, it's up to God to sustain. So if I can tap into the grace, I can also tap into the power. Every, here's part of, here's, here's kind of the main thing I was referring to a moment ago. Barnes Note says this about the, the phrase, every dwelling place. Upon all the habitations of his people, that is, they shall be secure and regarded as under his protection. And so the, the gist of what he's saying here, not talking about the church. But he's talking about their God creating upon every dwelling place, upon every home, upon every family, that God will create a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flame and fire by night upon every dwelling place. It says about there shall be a tabernacle. The reference here is to the tabernacle or sacred tent that God directed Moses to make in the wilderness. The image of the cloudy pillar mentioned in the previous verse seems to have suggested to the mind of the prophet the idea of the tabernacle over which that pillar rested. The principal idea here, however, is not a tabernacle as a symbol of the divine protection or of divine worship, but of a place of refuge from a temple. That is, they should be safe under His protection. So it's not just that we're safe when we come together as a body. But when you go home tonight, there's a cloud. There's a fire. There's a cloud in the daytime to protect you from the heat. And there's a fire at nighttime to keep you warm. Not, we don't have to all come here to get that. If I'm a part of the body, if I'm a part of the church of the living God, I've got that wherever I go. I've got that here, but i got that at my house. When I lay down tonight, I can lay down with the assurance I've got a fire that is covering and protecting my home, my family. It says this, I'm, I'm winding down. The idea in these verses is this. First of all, that God will be a defender of His people. Again, well, what about all the people that have been martyred? What about all the people that have been killed? What about all the people that have gotten sick? What about, what about it? Do we trust Him or not? The bottom line is this. We've got to decide. Are we going to live in fear? Or are we going to live in faith? Are we going to live in fear of what could happen? Are we going to live in fear that we might get sick? We might lose everything? We might have another tornado. We might, are we going to live in fear of all of that? Are we going to live in confidence that there is a secret place and I can live in that secret place? And again, if God chooses to let some stuff touch me, it's because in His sovereign plan, in His sovereign plan, He decided to allow it to touch me. So number one, God is a defender of His people. Number two, He will protect their 
families. And that His blessing will be upon their dwelling places. I I guess all y'all are just better off than I thought. Thank you, Brother Isaac. I'm just going to forget all them and just preach to you because... He will protect your family. I got to tell you, all you young married couples that are just starting to have kids, God must have a level of grace for you. Because I'm just telling you, at 50 years old and my youngest being 18, I am thankful. Hear me, I'm not trying to be discouraging because God gives grace to those that need the grace. It's not I don't need grace for an, a baby. Been there, done that, got four t-shirts. I'm the, this world we're in? So let me say the flip side of that. For those of you parents that are thinking, uh, excuse me, those of you that want kids, or got some and are thinking about more. Well, should I bring them? In? Let me tell you something. God is the giver of life. And if God chooses for you to conceive and have a child, God's in control. And that means if God allows it, God's got a plan and a purpose. So you don't, all of us old people might feel sorry for you young people bringing children into this world, but God knew from the very beginning that you were going to be at this time and you might be a birth to children at this time. And so I'm here to tell you tonight that God will protect your families and His blessing will be upon your dwelling. Dwelling place. Number three, they may expect his blessing on their religious assemblies. They're coming together. And number four, that God, through the promised Messiah, would be a refuge and a defense. That's that's what's available to us. Jeremiah, I preached on this. Several times now throughout the years, but Jeremiah says, talks about being a prisoner of hope. A prisoner of hope. You know what? There's a good chance you and I are going to be a prisoner of something. There's a good chance we're going to be a prisoner of something. So I tell you what, if I'm going to be a prisoner of something, rather than letting something else determine what I am a prisoner of, I'm just going to go ahead and make up my mind. Lock me up in the prison of hope. Because whatever prison you're in affects how you think. Whatever prison you're in affects how you feel. So if I'm locked up in the prison of hope, then let me tell you how I feel. I've got a feeling. Everything's going to be alright. That's what prisoners of hope feel. Prisoners of despair feel, i got a feeling everything's going to fall apart. Yeah. 
So you might as well decide. I think I'll just become a prisoner of hope. And I'll let hope determine what I feel. I'll let hope determine how I think. So when I look at the chaos in the world, when I look at the chaos that may be in my life personally, hope says I have an anchor. I've got an anchor. Let the winds blow. Let the storms rage. I've got an anchor of hope. God is in control and everything works together for good. No matter how difficult the circumstances may appear to be, God's got a plan and God's got a purpose and God has the ability to hide me. You've heard it before. I've preached it before. Exodus 9.26 The plagues are going on in Egypt. And then finally it says, Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. You see, the first couple of plagues, I, I, I didn't realize this until several years ago, but for years I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I missed the memo. But the first couple of plagues, First two or three, I think it was. Israel, the children of God, were impacted in the same way as the Egyptians. The first couple of plagues, they had to deal with all the same stuff. But then, God says, Now let me show you something. From now on, in Goshen, everybody that's dwelling in Goshen, my people that are dwelling in Goshen, they are no longer going to feel the same things you're feeling. They're no longer going to be impacted by the same things you're impacted by. I'm going to say it again. We've all, many of us here have been touched in the last year plus with COVID, but I believe there's going to be a day there's going to be another pandemic that breaks out and God's going to say, now watch this. You remember that last one? And I let it touch my people like it touched everybody else. Now watch this one. Because this time I'm going to show you my people are different than the rest. I'm going to put a distinction and I'm going to show a separation. Why? Because we're better than them? No. Because God's going to show them. Let me show you what I can do for you. I'm not doing this for them because they're better than you. I'm doing this for them because they've obeyed my word. And if you'll obey my word, you can have the same thing. Lord, have mercy on you. If you sit around the job and you talk as much fear and doubt and worry at the job about what's going on in this world as your co-workers do. you sit around with all the conspiracy theories and all the turmoil and garbage that's going on and you are in the big middle, what, what, what kind of testimony is that? You're giving them no hope that believing in God is any better than what they've got. And again, I'm not saying tonight God exempts us from all the problems. He can if He chooses. greatest testimony is not God keeping us from the storm. 
The greater testimony is God taking us through the storm. So if God has chosen to let you walk through the storm, be a testimony, be a witness that says, I may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm not going to fear any evil because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I may be in the midst of the valley, but I'm not in the valley alone. There's a habitation. There's a dwelling place. I'm going to read that. I'm, 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 I'm quitting. I'm, I am. I'm going to read that one verse again. Isaiah 32 and 18. My people, my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. We, we had, uh, I'm pretty sure they never watch. I'm so pretty confident they're not watching tonight. We had a little bit of a conflict the other night with the parking at the fellowship at our house. And uh, we've got some really great neighbors. In fact, probably the most pleasant neighborhood we've ever lived in neighbors-wise. But uh, Friday night didn't go so well. And... uh, a whole lot to it I won't get into. It's my understanding, I, I overheard this today, that in some of the communication there was a statement made that, uh, that the neighbors that had a little bit of a problem with the parking situation since COVID, they have foregone their gatherings of people and families. So I, I, I suspect, I don't know this, I'm just suspecting this, I, I, I suspect that maybe a little bit of the Source, and this is something different. We have, but I suspect maybe a little bit of the source is that maybe they they have a problem because we haven't far foregone I'm I'm very sorry, but I live in a quiet resting place. I got a habitation that I'm dwelling in that's a peaceable habitation. And it's a sure dwelling. And I'm not going to let something in this world control my emotions, my feelings, and my life. If you don't have a peaceable habitation and a sure dwelling and you don't have a quiet resting place. I, I'm, I'm really sorry for you, but it is available to you. It's a sad thing tonight that there are billions of people that are not living in a peaceable habitation, in sure dwellings and quiet resting place. That is very sad. But in this context, the greatest, the greater tragedy is Christians. They're not dwelling in peaceable habitations and sure dwellings and quiet resting places. Because the world doesn't have that available to them. But you and I, 
have that available to us. I want you to stand, please. Our God, you don't have to start playing this, just saying it. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher. What's that other line? Well, we sang it, but did no, no sickness is what? No sickness. No sickness is greater than you. No sickness is greater. No power is greater. No wisdom is wiser. That's what you and I have access to. That's what is available to us. Should you bow your heads, close your eyes if you would. I know this is going to take a little bit of vulnerability and no one's willing to do it, so be it. That's okay. If, if you're here tonight and you're, you're willing to be honest and say, you know what, Pastor, I, I haven't been living in a quiet place. I haven't been living in a sure dwelling. In a, I haven't been living with the confidence that I'm under His protection. I haven't been living with that assurance, but if that's what God has, if that's what God wants for me, that is definitely what I want. If you're here tonight and you are willing to acknowledge that, that you're not necessarily living with that, but that's what you want. I want to invite you to come down to this altar for a few moments and want you to let God begin that process of helping you to learn how to live in that quiet place. Learn how to dwell in that peaceful habitation. Is this, I, I, I've sort of, I guess, preached this in kind of broad terms, but you've you got to take this all the way down to your day-to-day living. Some of you are dealing with your own personal financial situations and challenges and pressures of life. How's it all going to work out? It's the will of God for you to live at peace. It's the will of God for you to live with the assurance, the confidence that God has it in control. I'm living in a quiet place. I'm living in a secret place. I'm I'm living in a dwelling that God's got covered and protected. In the name of Jesus, if you don't need to respond for yourself, I invite you to be sensitive to the Spirit to use you to minister to somebody right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your name is a strong tower. Your name is a strong tower. Your name is a strong tower. I run into it and I am safe. Nothing can touch me, God, without your permission. Nothing can touch me, God, without your approval. 
If I'm dealing with sickness, it had to get past you. If I'm dealing with stuff that's touched my life, touched my body, it had to go through you first. It had to have your permission because you're my strong tower. You're my refuge. You're my fortress. You're the place that I dwell in and am safe. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray tonight that you would help somebody find that secret place. Help somebody tonight learn to live in that secret place. Lord, that secret place that's been made available that we can dwell in under your shadow, protected by you, God, I pray that you would help every one of us to learn how to live there. Not just visit there. Not just come and go from there. But to dwell there. I want to learn how to dwell in that secret place. I want to learn how to live in that place that's covered and protected by you. Where I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry about what's going on around me. I am covered. I'm in your shadow. I'm in your shadow. In the name of Jesus. Not going to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself, God. I'm just going to I'm just going to find out where you want me to step today. What step do you want me to take right now, God? What What step do you have for this moment? Because if I can just follow the steps you've got for me right now, when I get to the problems of tomorrow, when I get to the challenges of the future, you are going to have prepared me for those things. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 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 Let the work of righteousness produce peace in our lives. Let the effect of righteousness give us quietness and assurance forever. God, let the work of righteousness bring peace. Let the effect of righteousness bring quietness and assurance 
quietness and assurance no matter what the chaos is around us. No matter what all the noise may be around us, let righteousness bring quietness and assurance. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My foot's not going to slip. My steps aren't going to falter because you've got me. You're upholding me. You're upholding me, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.